uh, no, not, none of the prophets are uh, probably Moses, but this man is uh, all over the um, the scripture. You remember, he never he never knew Moses, but yet uh, in in this life, but yet he appeared with Moses uh, with the Lord. We will find that out later on. See, I don't want to rush ahead of myself, but uh, we still have a lot so much to cover because this great man. God that stood for God in the time of need. How many know God never left himself without a witness? No matter what you might say, things are in black and dark and blue, but God has always uh, have a witness. But uh, Elijah, he was a human. And all the miracles that he performed, the widow, um, the widow's um, a meal burial. Remember, he raised the widow's son. And um, he called, we'll get there, he'll call fire down from heaven and kill, uh, kill those false prophets. When we get there, we will talk a little more about it. Because I showed you this morning that um, uh, uh, when, um, when Elijah was to go away, he um, was told to anoint Aziel and um, Jehu and uh, Elisha and they, they would take care of the rest that um, that Elijah did not take care of. Remember on Mount Carmel, the, uh, all those false prophets was taken down to the to the brook or uh, the river, and they were they were uh, destroyed. So um, and uh, Eli Elisha, uh, we, Elijah called the fire down uh, from heaven against those false prophets. If I be a man of God, remember. Uh, that lesson, we'll get back to that also. Then um, then let fire come down upon you and destroy you. And fire came down and destroyed the um, the captain and his 50. Uh, Eli Elijah didn't use a sword, but he used the sword of his spirit. I mean, the sword of his mouth, the tongue, right? And uh, uh, the saints of God has a sword. If you will just... Uh, Oh dear, give me Psalms, what was it, a hundred and, uh, is it 148? Then I'll get back there to 1 Kings chapter 19. Uh, but in Psalms, uh, what did I just say? 148, uh, where let the high praises of God be in your mouth. And this 148, Psalms 148 verse, where the praises of uh, God be in your mouth. What verse were him that made him? Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. And said, let them sing praises unto him with the timbrels and harp. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Then uh, let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the um, see. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. The saints uh, has got to. Um, they should sing aloud upon their on a line that their beds. Okay. Um, let the high praises of God be in your mouth. The high praises of God be in where? In your mouth. See and what should be in your mouth. So, so was it um, Jehu and uh, Isaiah King 
they had their natural sword. But Elisha had a, a, a sword in his tongue. See, that's a different sword. Just like a man of God uh, today, he doesn't have a natural sword. Put up your sword. But he's got the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And he slay the enemy. He slay the problems. He slay disease. He slay uh, everything that would come against the church. See, that's, uh, uh, and it goes on here. He said, uh, he said the, the two-headed sword. What's the two-headed sword? Uh, the word of God out of his mouth, the mouth of Jesus, went for the two-edged sword. So the saints of God has got a sword. See, and the sword is because we are living in a, uh, it's a spiritual time where we don't uh, use uh, weapons. The weapons of our warfare, they are not corner, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold and every, um, Every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. So here, a two-edged sword, that is the word of God. Welcome, good to see you. Uh, let a two-edged sword be in your mouth. Okay? In your mouth. Your tongue is a sword. Out of his mouth goeth forth Jesus' mouth, a sharp two-edged sword. What do you think touch you while you come to the Lord? And accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. It's that sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, that touches your heart. See, it's the sword that uh, touches you. So, uh, in verse um, in verse six, go back to verse where, where were we? Six, uh, verse verse five. Let the saint notice. Let the saints be be joyful in glory. You don't have to get upset and be afraid, and um, and so you're in uh, in glory. Somebody said, when I get to heaven, no. The church is a glorious place. Uh, when you're in the presence of God, you're in a glorious place. Amen. And he says, let them be joyful in glory. Praise God. And uh, you sing. What do you do? Sing. Uh, it tells you, let the eye praises of God be in your mouth. Uh, you sing. It tells you, sing unto the Lord. Uh, verse 49. Uh, uh, um, chapter 40, uh, 49, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Look at that. Sing unto the Lord a new song. And his praise in the congregation of the saints. Where are we tonight? Where are we tonight right now? In the congregation of the saints. And what should we be doing? Singing and praising. Why? Why? Uh, because we are children of the Lord and we have a right to praise the Lord. And the Bible said, let the saints be joyful in glory. Don't sit there like Tatiana, you were saying sad and, and where are we? Uh, she's asking because you're so sad. You're wondering and thinking about your problem and tomorrow. What's going to happen tomorrow? But you don't have to worry about tomorrow. He holds tomorrow. He, then he goes on. You know who you are. He says that the children, uh, let Israel rejoice. Uh, in him that made him. Let the children of Zion. That's you. That's me. Be joyful in their king. I wonder who this king is. I wonder who this king really is. So if Jesus is the king. Uh, we don't have to worry about election. Who wins or who loses. We Let's, uh, let's be um, praising our king. Which is Jesus Christ. He said let them praise his name. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I can't dance for the Lord, but I'm ashamed. 
But when it comes to the world, you get out there, bebop and dancing on the floor. But when it comes to the big shy, you're not shy. You're not shy. It's just that you need to love Jesus more. And, and uh, dance. Let them dance. Let them praise his name in the dance. Do you know you can praise his name in the dance? You get up there and begin to pat your feet and begin to praise the Lord. Uh, let them sing praises uh, unto him with what? That Joni knows how to do that. With the timbrel and the harps. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek uh, with what? Salvation. See, there's more beauty than putting on powder and lipstick. goes back down. See, all of that you stretch it, but it comes back in. See? Until finally you have nothing to stretch. <laughs> Amen. So it tells you that he beautifies the meek. Uh, you want to look good, pretty, beautiful? Well, you put your trust in God. He beautifies the meek with what? Ah, uh, salvation is not a ugly thing. Salvation is a beautiful thing. You want to be beautiful? You want to look nice and pleasant? Well, don't always run to the, um, the uh, what do you call it, um, the surgeon that um, does plastic, is it? Surgery. And uh, stretch your face and your body. And uh, you want to look beautiful? And you go to um, uh, all these beauty, um, uh, makeup and buy all the different color that you can look beautiful. Ha ha ha. Receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. And he said, Let he beautifies the meek with, uh, with salvation. He will beautify you. You're meek, you're humble, you love the Lord. What is he going to do? He beautifies you with salvation. Salvation is faith in Christ when Jesus uh, comes into your heart and change the darkness and turn darkness to light. That's salvation. When you don't live for yourself anymore, but you live by faith, the faith of the Son of God who loves you and gives himself for you. Do you know what that means? When he beautifies you, uh, you've uh, visited the beauty shop. And the church of Jesus Christ is a beauty shop. See? And you need to keep coming. And every time you come, you go on all of those things that doesn't belong there. You know, he beautifies the meek with salvation. Then he said, uh, let the saints be joyful. Where? In glory. Uh, well, when I get there, no. The church is a glorious place. And I will enter his courts with thanksgiving in my heart. And uh, into his courts with praise. He beautifies the meek. Uh, a meek would be one who just humble himself. And just submit themselves. And don't dictate to the Lord how to make you. You get that? Because he's creating you in his own image. And you humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. And when it's over, you are a brand new creature. He beautifies the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Uh, don't go to church with a sad face. Uh, you don't even know where you are. Oh, I go to church. It's more than that. It's a glorious place. It's a beautiful place. It's a place where you receive beauty for ashes. You know that dust you have, that earth body you have, that's just dust. Uh, if you don't believe me, ask the skin worms. You go ahead and ask the skin worms. You know what that means? That means when we die, that's it. It's dust. The skin worms get you. And what do you have afterwards? Nothing at all. Unless you've got something before you die. You've got to have that new man inside of you. He's got to, you've got to let Jesus beautify you uh, with beauty and change the ugliness of the world. Because we came into this world ugly. Yes, we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And we're ugly. And 
uh, we don't look very good. See, but um, when you let him work in your life, he beautifies and take out the ugliness and he gives you beauty for ashes. Uh, do you know what that means? Uh, that, that means he, he trade with you. And he takes you and I, our ugliness, and he gives us his beauty. Oh, he gives us the glory of God. So he said, when you come into my presence, uh, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. When you come into the presence of God, it's not like going out there. But, uh, but you come into the very presence of Almighty God. And the moment you come into the presence of God, he begins to work. He begins to change. Something begins to tell you. And you hear a voice inside of you telling you, it's time to give up. It's time you've tried the world and it doesn't work. But you give up to Jesus Christ and he will satisfy and beautify your soul. Nobody can make you beautiful as Jesus Christ. He turned the ugly one into a beautiful person. That's the one that I know as my Savior and as my Lord. He beautifies the meek with salvation. Salvation is him giving himself to you. It's him dying for you, shedding his blood on the cross of Calvary. That's what salvation is. Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. Jesus Christ gave his life for you. And he took your sins. He took my sins. He took my ugliness, my meanness, my selfishness, and my pride. He took all of that. Everything that I came in the world with, uh, that I was born with from the first Adam, he took it and he gave me his life. He gave me his glory and he gave me his beauty. There's nobody like Jesus Christ. There's no savior. You don't know what your husband or your wife or your children cannot give you that satisfaction as Jesus Christ when you spend time with him. Oh, when you kneel at the cross and kneel at the feet of Jesus Christ and you confess your sins and you ask him to come into your heart. There's nothing more beautiful that a man born in sin and yet before he died, before he died, he find peace with God. There's nothing better than knowing Christ as your savior. There's nothing more better than knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. Do you understand what he does? He beautifies the meek. Beautifies. So where you can stand in the presence of God. And God looks in you. And God smiles at the beauty. And you're no more of the world. But he takes you and transforms your life. And now you who did not know Jesus. You're a son of God. Hallelujah. We are children of the living God. Then he goes on. After uh, in verse. Uh, go back to verse 5. Let the saints be joyful. In glory. Are you sad tonight? Are you depressed uh, tonight? Well where are you sitting? Where are you standing? It's not just in the benches. But you've got to come over. Into the place where Jesus is. He's in glory. And you come into that place. He draws you. In his glory. And it goes on here. It says, let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let their high, what? Not just keep your mouth shut and your shame. No. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Because it's the power of God unto salvation. Let the high praises. Hallelujah. Do you understand that? You're not just praising him for yourself. You want somebody else here. Come on here and listen what the Lord has done for me. So what do you do? Let the high praises of God 
be in your mouth. And? And what? What else do you need? And a sword. You need a sword. But uh, you need a sharp two-edged sword. And a two-edged sword in their hands. See? To what? To execute vengeance upon the Eden. To do what? Execute vengeance upon the Eden. It's not... Um, it's not using sword, the natural sword that you go and buy downtown or someplace. But it's the word. You've got the sword right there. You've got the Old Testament and the New Testament. And this, this sword has two hedges. That means, you know, when you have a two-edged sword, you go that way. But you don't have to turn it over. You can go that way. Because either side of it is sharp. And that's what your life is. That's what the word of God does for you. Is that you have that sharp to edged sword in your life, in your mouth. See, your tongue is not just for uh, uh, speaking, but it's also for uh, defending the work of God. Sharp, alert. You know what sharp means? That means you're quick. You're alert. You know the word of God. You're not dull. Uh, you're not, uh, you're not uh, dull on both sides, but you're sharp on both sides. You know what? Because you've been rubbing against the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost has been sharpening you. You know, uh, when to get something sharp, you rub it. And that's what you do. You rub against the Holy Ghost. And let the Holy Spirit work in your life. And then before you know it, you're not shy and hanging your head and ashamed. But you're like a bright and a morning star. You love Jesus Christ. And you know the Lord God is your Savior. Let the high praises of God. You understand? It's got to come from way down like a well. Springing up into everlasting life. This life is bubbling up inside of you. That's the life of God. That's what the world doesn't know. That's why the world is so tormented. We're all upset at pandemic and we're scared and all of that. And we're afraid to die and all that. But this man tell me, tell he promised to be with us. Not only in this life, but even in death. Even in death, you can put your trust in God. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. We've got a God that he keeps you now and he'll keep you in the hereafter. He loves you now and he loves you not only in life but also in death. So you put your confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ and not only that but he will raise you from the dead because he said I am the resurrection and the life and you won't, the body that you have, this old decayed body, it's not that body that you will have when Christ raised you up but he's going to give you a new body. Can you imagine? A body like unto his own glorious body. A body. I, I'm not talking about a body that, that's going to die anymore. Because eternal life means you'll never die. Eternal life means you'll live forever. How many of us want to live forever? I know I do. I want to live forever. Uh, because if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we be among most miserable. But our life is in Jesus Christ. In him is life. The Bible says. And the life is a light of men. And that light shineth in darkness. See? The darkness of our hearts. You know, when Christ comes, he gives you light. Somebody says, but I can't see. Well, you can't see because you don't have the light turned on. But once you get the light turned on, once God sends his son into your heart, and the Holy Ghost brings Jesus in your heart, you begin to see the things of God. And said, hallelujah, now I understand why you serve God. No, I didn't know before, but I understand now. Uh, why you serve God? Because that light, something touched me. Something get a hold of me. 
And what are you going to do? You're going to be joyful in glory. Amen. You're going to be praising God in glory. Let the saints be joyful in glory. You won't come to church. Uh, you're just dragging and then you, uh, uh, you're confused and so when you wish it's Monday morning. Then when it comes Monday, you wish if it was Tuesday and you wish it was Friday. Oh, I wish it was Sunday. And every day you get to your confused. But it doesn't matter whether it's Sunday or Sunday or Monday or whatever it is. Every day is joyful unto you because you do not live for the day, but you live for the glory of God. You don't just in the day, but you live in the glory of Almighty God. So let the saints of God be, be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their bed. You know, you get in the bed and before you know it, you just uh, uh, slip in bed and before you know it, you're gone. You don't have a song. But did you know the Bible says you should sing? Well, I can't sing. My husband don't like the noise. You might get that man saved. Uh, I, I can't sing. My wife, my kids, you might get your family saved. Start a song. Uh, uh, there. Uh, said, uh, no, he might throw me out of bed. Well, uh, yeah, and when he throw you out of bed, you fall on your knees and sing. See, let the, they said, sing aloud. Now notice what he said. Sing where? Oh, aloud. Don't you know that God, God knows that somebody might have a partner who don't go to church, who don't love God? But God doesn't care about your partner. God doesn't care about what your relative think about it. He's still God. Your thoughts against God, whether it's negative or not, doesn't change God. God is Almighty God. And God doesn't go, He's not God because your relatives or even you believe in Him. He's God because He's God. And there's nobody like Jesus. And so what He tells you to do, let them sing aloud. Come alive in your house. Don't be dead and drag yourself. Let your husband know you're saved. Are you going to church again tonight? Let your wife know, yes, I'm going to church tonight. Why not? Because I love Jesus. Uh, and you say, but oh, he will stop me. Oh, you don't remember. You don't remember that you can get down on your knees and you've got a sharp two-edged sword. That sword is for your wife or your husband or your children or for your enemy. That sharp two-edged sword. And that sword goes against everything that offends the order of God. That's what it is. God arms his servants. He harms the children of God. Let, so you let that praises be in your mouth. Sing aloud on your bed. Try that tonight to start singing. Well, pastor told me. I didn't tell you. I didn't tell you. It's the Bible. I'm only showing you what you didn't know before. The Bible said, sing aloud. Did it say that? Huh? Sing aloud. Where? Upon your bed. And you begin to sing aloud on your bed. That's why more people are not safe. They're too quiet. Shh, don't make any noise. My son is sleeping. Shh, he don't like noise. But when he get out there with the television, he turn it up loud. But you see, you've got to be able to um, let the praises of God come in your heart. And let the Holy Ghost touch you. So let me go on here. Let me uh, begin to show you here in verse somewhere. Uh, verse 6, let the high praises of God be in your mouth. Oh, my Lord. Uh, what's in your mouth? Well, I got a, I got a, a burger in my mouth. I got some french fries in my mouth. What, what is in your mouth? Hmm? Uh, oh, I got some food in my mouth. What's in my mouth? Nothing. Oh, no, you got more than it. Here's what does. He said, the high praises of God should be in your mouth. You know, that's what the Bible says. Let the high praises of God be in your mouth and a two-edged sword in your hands. Can you imagine? 
you're going forth in, in battle and you're praising the Lord, you're shouting glory and you have a two-edged sword which is the word of God in your hand, Genesis to Revelation. Uh, you've got the whole and the New Testament in your hand. A two-edged sword in your hand to do an execution. Uh, uh, somebody said, I'm pastor. But here comes the executioner. <laughs> uh, somebody been messing up and uh, they're afraid. They're scared. Why? Because the executioner is coming. Not with natural sword, but with spiritual sword, the word of God. And that's what happened to Elisha. Elisha was an executioner. What uh, Aziel did not get and what Jehu did not get, Elisha got it. And he never pulled a sword. But his mouth, like Elijah, if I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you. Amen? See, and Elisha uh, was an executioner. And when those uh, little children, you know, you know, and the pastors get up and say, they were just little children. Well, how old are they? I don't know, but little children. But little children in Bible term is not always all, always 12 years old. See, little children, it could be little in understanding. Now, words, you big old man, but you don't know nothing about God. That, well, that's a little child. Or a president or a ruler who rules like a baby. He doesn't understand politics. doesn't understand the government of God. What do you call that? In uh, Paul says, be not children. Uh, be children in malice. That means... Uh, uh, kids hurt one another. They, they laugh and play the next hour. But adults keep grudges. But he said in Paul said, be not children in understanding, but be children in malice. That means you forgive. But when it comes to understanding, you're not just a little baby. You're grown up. So you understand the word of God. And Elisha was told uh, by the prophet that he would take care of uh, an element uh, in Israel. And you see that they, they, if you understand the scripture, that there was an element of Baal's prophet that didn't die. And they got against the word of God. They opposed uh, Elisha, calling him bald and taunting him and so on. They, they know what they were doing and they plotted it. Forty two of them, little 42 kids uh, don't, don't stand uh, uh, and, and mocking a man of God. No, these were organized rebels against him. And they were upset when. Uh, they, they told him, let's go over there and, and, and seek for Elijah on the mountain and all of that. They have a hard time receiving Elisha in his ministry. See, they wouldn't walk with him. They stood on the other side and, and giving orders. Let's go down to Jordan. Let's do this. Let's build a house. They never submit to him hardly. And now they're calling him a bald-headed man. And uh, what happened? He cursed them, didn't he? In the name of the Lord. You don't curse little children. You just walk away from them. See, and they stopped. But these were damaging and upsetting the work, the order of God. And he turned around and what? Jehu didn't kill. What? Aziel didn't kill them. They were, uh, they were still mocking. And he turned around and he killed them with the word of God. He killed them with the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And tonight you've got that sword. You've got that sword to go against everything that opposed God in your life. Everything that opposed God in the church. I'm not talking about literally, but spiritually. You get down on your knees and you pull that sword out. And what do you do? How do you slay the enemy today? How do you chase the devil? One can chase a thousand. How do you do that? With the word of God. With the presence of God. You get down on your knees and you find out 
what a little church can do, what a, a few people can do, if you can do it. But if you've got unbelief in your heart, nothing is going to be done. But um, but Elisha slew um, the um, uh, just like the prophets. Uh, the Bible said the prophets slew them with the word. See, they, they, the prophets just you them. I think it's Chronicle. The prophets slew them with the uh, with the word of God. And you can slay somebody with the word of God. So God was changing the order after Jehu and Aziel. And now it would be by the spirit of God, by the word of God, because there was coming a change. And uh, uh, I, I was going to show you tonight that um, the, the two-edged sword that you need, because the order changed. If you remember in First uh, Kings chapter 19, Jezebel. Remember Jezebel? Uh, let me just begin to wind this down. Jezebel was a prophetess, a false prophetess, and she opposes the church of God. She opposes the man of God. And Elijah ran away. She wanted to destroy uh, Elijah. And she killed the, the prophets of God. Jezebel in the Old Testament. Uh, Jezebel. But now she shows up in the New Testament. How is that? Hundreds and hundreds of years after. This woman that um, was cast down by the priest. Was the, um, the eunuchs cast her down. Jehu said. Who is on my side? And they cast Jezebel down. And dogs ate her. You know that? Dogs ate her. And when they went to bury her, was only the skull and the palms and the feet was left. What a terrible death. Dogs ate her. Because she fought against God. She, in the ninth, is it the 19th chapter? Of, um, of, um, of uh, First Kings chapter 19. And she fought against the, the, um, the word and the order of Almighty God. And so dogs ate her. Uh, God, uh, God sent dogs. But notice there was a spirit in Jezebel. She died, but there was a spirit. The spirits never died. And uh, I gave you something, a, a mystery, that now Jezebel was gone. But she was still alive. Her spirit was still alive, just like Balaam died. But his spirit was still alive in the New Testament church. And Jezebel was killed. But she was still alive. In the church in Thyatira. Didn't she? Over in um, uh, Revelations. She was, uh, she was alive. I, I will show you why we need a sharp. To a sword. That you can't just um, use natural sword. To kill a spirit. But God wants us to deal with the spirit. See? God wants us to deal with what Aziel didn't kill. And Jehu didn't kill. Uh, but he wants uh, Elijah. Or Elisha ministry. To begin to deal if I be a man of God, let fire come down. And the sword of the spirit. And begin to use the word of God. So in Revelation chapter 2. Is it? Verse chapter 2. Just turn right there quickly. In Revelation chapter 2. And verse 20. Somebody just help me read that now. Revelation 2. No, you've got to go back up more to Thyatira. So people... Uh, yes, people understand. Unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write these things. These things say uh, the Son of God, who at his eyes light unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works, verse uh, verse nineteen. I know thy works and charity, and service and faith. And thy patience and thy works 
and the last to be more than the first. Verse 20. Notwithstanding, oh, you see all, all what God is doing right there? Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee. What are the few things? In a New Testament church, this woman lived hundreds and hundreds of years. She wasn't alive, but her spirit, the spirit that motivated her against the church in the wilderness, the church that came out of Egypt, the church that walked in the wilderness. God had a church in the wilderness. And Jezebel uh, came over and wanted to plant idolatry in that church. And uh, Elijah withstood her, you see, and uh, overcame her. And Jehu uh, caused her to be put to death. But her spirit was still alive. And that spirit is still alive in the New Testament church. But unless you have discerning of spirit, just like how Elijah had to know that these boys were false prophets. They didn't love God. They didn't love the ministry. And he rebuked them. And the bear came out. Well, uh, the same thing goes with um, this spirit coming over in the church. That's why you have to judge and try the spirit. Because the age we're living in, can you imagine? Somebody say, oh my, I'm reading a story about Elijah and Jezebel. And him running away from Jezebel. Not knowing that Jezebel's spirit is still alive today. And you can have a Jezebel spirit in a church. And people don't even know it. And they're following the spirit of Jezebel. And Jesus oftentimes tells the disciples sometimes, you don't know what spirit you're of. See? You don't know what spirit you're of. And in the church, you see people, and you've got to uh, examine it. Try the spirit to know. He said, so far we are safe. We don't have the spirit of Jezebel. Uh, we don't have the spirit of Balaam. Yes, you find all those spirits came over because it's the same devil. And he said, notwithstanding, I have a few things against you. Let's find out. Uh, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. That's a shock, isn't it? Getting a letter, a pastor getting a letter like that. And Thyatira, when he thought, my, we just had a good song service. We just had a good prayer meeting. It wasn't everything beautiful. And the saints just shaking hands and loving. And to get a letter the next week. That all of that. You had a woman in there teaching. And they began to look around and said who is that? Who is that? But you couldn't see her with your natural eyes. It's the discerning of spirit. That this is the spirit of Jezebel. And that's the condition we're wondering. We're wondering today. What's going on in the church? And many of us are blind. Preachers are blind. And the reason why we are blind. Is because we cannot discern. And we cannot understand. And we don't know what's going on. See. Here is the spirit. If you can understand. Here was this terrible spirit. In the church. And many of them didn't know. Until the Lord came. And says. I have a few things against you. Well. What is it Lord? You have. That woman Jezebel. Wow. So therefore now. If you've got that woman Jezebel. You, well, how do you get her up? You're going to have to have a Elijah's ministry. See, you're going to have to have an Elijah's ministry in the church. That is able to get up on Mount Carmel. And deal and call the fire down. And push that woman back. How do you get that? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. If I be a man of God, let fire come down. See, let the fire of God, that's the Holy Ghost. That's literal fire. 
Uh, but it's the fire of the Holy Ghost. Let the Holy Ghost come down. And that's what's going to happen in this church. God is not without power. And God has not left the church without power. But it's because we as ministers and saints don't understand. But once you begin to pray like Elijah did. You remember earnestly. He prayed earnestly. And he was a man of like passion. He fell asleep many times. But he wake right back up and start praying. And you set yourself to seek God. And you might fall asleep. But you can wake back up. And when you wake back up. You just pick up the sword. And begin to fight. The Bible says it's a fight. But fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. And resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Do you understand that? You've got to fight this good fight of faith. And tonight we're here. And God has given us a sword. And it's not by might. Nor by power. But it's by my spirit. Said the Lord. And it's the sharp two-edged sword. Do you have it tonight? Do you know it tonight? Are you using it tonight? That sharp two-edged sword? Huh? Uh, don't use it against your brothers and your sisters. Use it against the forces of darkness. Amen. And I give her space. Look how good God is. How, how long was it from the time of uh, the whole testament to now? Hmm? I gave her space to repent of her fornication. And she did not repent. Uh, uh, I gave her space to repent of her evil, of her wrong. But she didn't repent. You think the church, many of, just like Israel never repent? Uh, uh, the church is not repenting. Today there's a coldness and a deadness over the church. And we come to church and we say, praise the Lord. But it doesn't go down deep enough. We're not really repenting. We just slide by and the devil uh, just fooled us. And many of us, we just go out in eternity without even calling upon God. What a way to go. Said, behold, I cast her into a bed and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, uh, except they repent of their, their deeds. Repentance. You see that word? God's merciful. I don't care what you've done. What we've done. God will forgive you. Man won't. But God will forgive you. And I will kill her children with death. This is powerful. He said kill her children with death. How does he do that? Alright. When the spirit of Jezebel comes into a church. Then that church is not the church of God anymore. That church is the spirit of Jezebel is in it. That's a church of the devil. Ba Baal. If you know Jezebel. All those false prophets. And all those idols she brought over into the church. The spirit is still there. And what happened? You go to church and praise the Lord. What do you think that is? Huh? Tatiana was telling us, be careful, death. Where's the church? That was so happy. You come. I can't lift my hands. I'm so tired. What did you say the Bible said? I'll kill her children with death. Kill them with death. Your spirit. You don't have the life to serve God. Okay? Everything that Jezebel pro produced dies. And a, a church that has the spirit of Jezebel dies. It's not alive. I'll kill her children with death. And we're living in this time where the church is dead. Dry. It's dry. There's not much going on. Big church, but they're dead. If you ever begin to lift up Jesus, they run out of church. Strange children. 
And you don't want to be a child of Jezebel? Well, you've got to obey Elijah when he said, Who is on the Lord's side? Come on. Who is on the Lord's side tonight? Can you lift your hands up and say, The Lord is God? Can you cry out tonight and say, The Lord is God? Can you praise? Who's on the Lord's side tonight? Can you lift your hands? Can you praise the Lord? Can you be joyful in glory? Can you sing aloud on your bed? Can you praise the Lord? Can you shout glory to God? Huh? Let the saints be joyful in glory. And let the high praises of God be in your mouth. And a two-edged sword in your hands. I will kill her children with death. Underline that. And all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth what? The reins and the heart. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you, I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine. Okay, so doctrine is important. You don't want to have the doctrines of Balaam, the doctrine of Jezebel. As many uh, that has, um, uh, as have not this doctrine. And which have not known the depths of Satan. Look at that. The depths of Satan. How deep does that go? That goes deeper than Adam. See, that goes deeper than just the flesh. The depths of Satan. How deep it is. Huh? The depths of Satan. They have not known the depths of Satan. As they speak. I will put upon you none. Other burden. Just get rid of that woman. Just get rid of that spirit out of your church. Out of your life. Okay? Begin to call on the Lord. And you will see. Uh, what happened to you. Is that it? Say. I said but that which. Ye have already. What do you do? Hold fast. What do you have tonight? Anybody? What was I preaching about tonight? Let's sharp two-edged sword. High praises of are you with me? I'm joyful in heaven, glory. What else do you have? Clapping your hands, tambourine, shouting, dropping, dancing. Do you have that? Huh? Don't give up and become a dead old church. But whatever you have, amen. Lift your hands up. Praise the Lord. Stamp your feet. What you have, let the world see. Let the devil know. Amen. Tell the devil he's a liar. And Jezebel is not welcome. He said, but that which you have already. You got it. Uh, you know how to clap your hands and praise God and shout and tell the devil he's a liar. You know how to repent of your sins and say, God, I will not worship idols. I will not walk after the flesh, but after the spirit. But that which you have already, hold fast till I come. That's at the second advent. When he comes. Right? When he comes. And not only that. The second advent. But till he comes. When is he going to come? When would he come? He wasn't only telling them the second advent. He said, look. Uh, you've, uh, you've, uh, you've, you've rejected me. You let that woman in. And uh, I stand at the door and knock. And you wouldn't open. But he said, I want to come back to you. Not when you die. Or not even the second advent. But right now. While you're alive. You can open up the door and turn to God and he will come to you. Amen. He said, hold on to what you have. Hold on. Get back to God. I begin to praise him and hold on till I come. 
And he's on his way to bless us. He's on his way to pour out uh, his, his Holy Spirit on us. He wants to come to you tonight. He wants to bless you tonight. Hold on to what you have. And till I come. And don't let the devil take it from you. And tell you oh you don't have anything. And uh, you made a mistake. Get down on your face. Slip out on your face. Before God sometime in the midnight hour. Try that. And cry out to God. Pour out your heart and say Lord deliver us. Deliver me from the church of Jezebel. From the church of Thyatira. I don't want Jezebel in my church. I don't want Jezebel in my life. Will you please save me. And you begin to hold on to it. Until he comes. He comes and rescue you. He comes in fire. You, know, you understand? He comes and burn up the false prophets. And all the gods out of our lives. Hold on to what you have. But that which he have. And he that overcome it. And keep it my words. Unto the hand. To him will I give power. Over the nations. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I receive of my father. Amen. And I will give him what? The morning star. That's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the morning star. Amen. The bright and the morning star. I'll give. It's called the day star. The bright and the morning star. That's the, that's the dawning of the morning. You'll have the keys to that new heaven and that new earth. Entrance into the city of God said, He that had an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saying unto the churches. So now it's spirit operation. Under the old covenant, Elijah, it was uh, back there, those men, many was natural sword, but now is the Spirit, is the Spirit of God that, that rules in our hearts. Amen. Praise God. So uh, if you overcome, you will receive a blessing from God. So you hold on to what you have and let the high praises of God be in your mouth and a sharp two-edged sword in your hand. I hope I bless you tonight. I hope you receive from the word of God tonight. I hope you understand to surrender your heart and believe in 